Hello and welcome to Eat the Blank Page. My name is Victor Rowe and I'm very happy to announce that we're changing a few things. But before that, what am I saying? I hope everyone is having a wonderful day and I hope that I can make it just a little bit better. If you're new to the show, this is your cure for writer's block. This is also just a nice little corner for writers, storytellers, fans of books, movies, etc. to go kind of just nerd out a little bit. I definitely do the majority of that since this is a solo podcast. I want to talk about some things today. Hunger Games, my personal book, updates to the podcast in general. We could probably start there. And today's page eater prompt. Now I want to start with the updates, especially this podcast, because it's the first one we're implementing a lot of new things. We are, <laughs> well, I am unfortunately changing the podcast format to a once a week podcast. I'm doing this because it's happened too many times where my recording days get interrupted, get overrun with other things, personal responsibilities, the like. So I want to be able to give you guys reliable content. I don't want to lie to you guys. I don't want to be Markiplier and be like, oh yeah, I'll do this, this, this on this schedule. And then I don't. I want you guys to have me when you expect me to be there. When it's Either if it's just like shorts or the podcast itself or whenever, you know, I want you to be able to go, oh, it's Tuesday. I know what's today. I know what comes out today. I can't wait for today's episode. That's my impression of you, by the way. Not to be mean. It's how I feel whenever I check on my podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Distractable just launched. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, no, so definitely not a happy decision to make. I, I would love to be able to do three podcasts a week, honestly. But one, I don't have that much to talk about. Two, the scheduling conflicts. So I hope everyone understands and hopefully I can be more reliable when it comes to that. Second update, if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, um, if you won't notice it if you're listening on Spotify, but if you're watching on YouTube, I changed how I film it. So now you guys are a little bit higher. I'm still kind of just looking out into nothing right now. I, I don't have a, have like a tripod or anything <laughs> yet. I'm getting more equipment for the podcast so I can give you guys better quality viewing experience, if you want to call it that. So it looks a bit more professional, but I definitely want you guys to enjoy watching the podcast as well. So it's not just like, a, oh my gosh, look at him doing nothing. Like this is my personal library or my book collection. If I want to sound fancy, I got my tapestry in the background. I hope you guys enjoy the newer vibe you can kind of see everything going on a little bit more understand it's a podcast that whole jazz but you guys really probably don't care about that what you guys care about is when are the episodes going to be coming out now it's going to be every tuesday every tuesday the new episode is going to drop because all of my recordings are done on the weekend prior except for today be releasing everything on tuesday the frequency of clips being uploaded are yet to be determined. If you want to go check it out, I've already, I've probably already made a video detailing this, the uh, release schedule. It's probably gonna be pinned to the top of my page on TikTok. So go follow me on there. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, eat the blank page on TikTok. You can find it in my link tree again. So yeah, that's the plan for right now. But if things change, things change. Rem remember, this is coming out um, 12324, um, January 23rd, 2024. So if that's not close to where you're listening to this from, it's probably changed. Please go check it out on the TikTok. So if you don't have either one of those and you're more of an Instagram person, every episode we release a collage of photos that relate to the podcast, where if I'm talking about something, 
if I'm referencing a show, a movie, a thing that I saw, I will go and find a, the video, take a picture of it, take a picture of whatever I'm talking about, if it's like a personal story, and then put it there. So if you need a visual reference, because I'm not putting it on the video, you can go find that there. If I'm talking about Digimon, you're going to see a picture of Digimon. If I'm talking about the new Hunger Games movie that I went to go see, which I am talking about later, that will also be there. So if you're ever lost or feeling lost on Spotify and you just like recently added it to your show list and you, you know, you're being really religious about it, but you want to know what I'm talking about, go check it out on the Instagram. It will be there along with just announcements that, you know, Eat the Blank page just released. So it will act as kind of that as a little reminder too, if you want to keep up to date with the show. So as far as updates, that's kind of what's going on. If you want to follow my personal writing platform, that isn't this podcast because I, I'm considering it a separate entity. It's Victor Rose Stories. If you go to the link tree, it'll be at the top at, under other account. It's right there at the top, right there in your face. It has the golden VR and super nice. But it's still me, still my vibe, still everything. Hopefully you enjoy that there. Now, I don't know who else has seen it yet, but Dancer Songbirds and Snakes. I feel like I'm behind on this uh, a little bit. But I went to go see Dancer Songbirds and Snakes the new Hunger Games movie, the, the prequel, whatever the hell. I want to go see it with zero expectation, with like, this is going to suck. This is going to be trash. Because when I went to go see the other Hunger Games movies, I remember them being bad. I remember not liking them. And that's when I was younger. That's when I wasn't really into writing it. That's when I wasn't really into uh, storytelling. But I remember watching them and going, this is the most boring BS I've ever seen in my life. I do not like Katniss. Do not like Peta. I don't know like I don't like how he cake painted himself into a tree. I didn't like the second one because I'm like, well, this is stupid now because it's like everyone's trained. I didn't appreciate it at all. So I've gone back and I've watched them. And I've watched most recently the new one, A Dance of Song Bridge of Snakes. It follows Snow. It follows how he became to be in the position where he is, his whole story with the Hunger Games, how much he influenced it. Super, super cool stuff. I want to talk about prequels, right? So one of the strongest parts of the entire movie for me was probably the most subtle, if you're not looking for it. Um, I don't know how in the face they wanted it to be, but it is something that I picked up on immediately. And whenever I would lean over to who I was watching with, they would be like, yeah, yeah, super cool. The subtle downgrade i don't even know if it's subtle the downgrade of the hunger games to the extent of how everyone did their job so you learn through context clues and just kind of being shown that the hunger games were very different than what we see at the 74th and 75th so they had it in a big room with nowhere to hide nowhere to go no other kind of thing then there's weapons in the middle go get it you know have fun you didn't even get to see the candidates the, the the nominees the whatever the hell they're called tributes the tributes you don't get to see them you don't get to meet them and so that's where snow kind of steps in and you realize that snow is so much more connected to the hunger games than anyone had previously thought because it made he made it what we know it as and so one of the coolest things about this movie that i didn't i saw the movie i didn't read the book what's cool about this movie is that you get to actually see the downgraded version of what the story is was continues to be which is from a writer from my perspective insanely impressive right because 
you're willingly showing your audience a shittier version of what you wrote, of what you did. I'm looking at my story, so I'm looking at it as a writer. I'm like, if I made a prequel to my story, how would I downgrade it? How would I even do that? How would I feel comfortable giving my audience a lesser version of what it is? Because I have my my sort my series right now, Doppler House. Uh, the first one's coming out. I planned for it to be three books, but what it's becoming is that this book is going to be the start of the series. There's going to be two or three books, and then the final book I already have planned out, and that one is going to be a prequel to basically the whole world, right? So it's going to be a separate story. It's going to be a prequel. How am I going to downgrade it? And even my plans aren't really a downgrade. It's just such a different, it's such a different vibe. I don't want to give it too much away, but I'm watching this movie and I'm taking mental notes. I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? How do they do this? How do I? They reflected things from the original series, the newscaster, the area, the Hunger Games themselves. And then they showed you how smart Snow is because he's like, yo, let's make this personal. And then they took that idea of Snow recommending it's personal and tied it into his tribute, Lucy Gray, who is also one of the main people that is the main person that turns him into evil snow so they've lapped on to lucy gray's character like three different things giving an example of why he got the idea giving him a reason to turn evil and giving you the symbolism of the entire story because they refer to her as a songbird throughout the entire movie a dance of songbirds and snakes what's the snake it's snow because he is a snake to his friends to lucy gray his he always has an ulterior motive but his initial emotive in the beginning of the story makes you feel good for him so you're watching it makes you like him so you're watching the story being like okay how is this guy gonna turn into who we know he is who he becomes who is he now? Why is he acting so nice? Right? And we come to find out that he just is super poor in the capital because his dad was like a general or something. I kind of I kind of lost the details on that. But what was really cool about that is that they gave him a trait that was so universally accepted as something that like you could relate to of like oh you're down on hard times. Literally. Like you're poor as hell you have to fake who you are in front of everyone but it it's also doing the double narrative of hey you feel bad for this guy but also look at how good he is in the capital like this is his element just because he doesn't have the money just because he doesn't have the the financial backing of like his attitude or that everyone else has he is able to do he is able to talk the talk really well to a degree that no one else is and he's kind of psychotic because he like he doesn't even flinch when people die he doesn't even flinch when he needs to um like deal with things like go behind people's back well yeah he does but not to the degree where you would expect it's like it's it's eerie how easily he's like yeah man she got bit by a snake that sucks you're gonna like give me money or <laughs> it was very very cool to see how they downgraded it but one of the best things is that in the writing itself in the script itself the newscaster Flip flipperman or whatever his commentating sucks 
he is super bad at commentating compared to what we know it as, right? Because this is before they had the interviews. This is before they had like the showmanship of it, uh, making it like a really entertaining thing to watch. So I think what they did, which was really cool, that they made it funny as hell how bad he was. It's kind of like a, hey, th this is before they figured it out. So, you know, maybe he doesn't really go into a topic as much as you would expect from a professional commentator. Maybe he doesn't empathize with anyone when they're thrown into a zoo pen and treated like an animal. Maybe he doesn't really care when one of the tributes shanks their mentor in the neck and then is mowed down by armed guards and he's like, well, it is what it is. Flips the coin, ducks out of there. It's hilarious. And I, th I thought it was an amazing show of the control of your own story of like, hey, this is a prequel. There's obviously going to be a downgrade. Well, not obviously. It was an amazing choice. There's the downgrade. Here are the examples of the downgrade. And tying even that idea into how Snow makes a name for himself, how Snow gets the attention of the Game Master, such a cool lesson to be taught that the most effective storytelling tactic I've come across, I've come across a lot in trying to make this my whole profession, is that layering is a super subtle yet effective tool where, okay, not only is Lucy Gray the love interest of Snow, she is also the reason he turns into who he does. Well, he, she's like the final straw, the big one. She is also the second half of the symbolism in the story. She is also a reflection of what Katniss is in the main series. She is also a challenge to Snow's ideology. She is also a reflection of the capital through being from District 12 and her whole ideals in general. She is also a person, she is also the reason Snow gets the idea for performances in the first place. Do you see what I mean? One character, one character does does so much and it's not even through her actions she does most of it it's just her position it's her ideologies her viewpoint on the world what she does what she likes to do who she interacts with what she's taught going through the story so there's like nine different things that layers on top of her there's also things that layer with her on top of other things talk about snow talk about legacy talk about the main character of the movie talking about how he becomes evil think like anakin skywalker turning into darth vader this is that story this is the story of the downfall of the person that we come to like because we're forced to like them because they make him such a likable character in the beginning that the slow descent kind of is like ooh. and then you get the whole thing from whiplash where the mentor is like crazy as hell and is successful in the manipulation of the main character making them the evil character later on but they always had the, the potential to become the evil character super cool in just how effective layering is what are the hunger games is a question that's brought up throughout the movie and i'm sure throughout the books 99 times a fucking second so you already have a question of of perspective ideology morals everything like that everything you could want from learning about a character and his answer changes throughout the story oh my god is that a good marker for like the progression of your character if you have lower level readers reading your story you want an in your face this is what's happening kind of progression sporadically spaced out 
you can add the subtle stuff of like, oh my God, he didn't react to her dying when before he like threw up. What's up with that? Why is he like that now? What made him turn into that way? And just on that one moment, you have a few different things layering on top of each other. You have the game master. What's she about? You you should have characters, ideas, and concepts, settings even, that solve that serve a multi-purpose within the story itself that you are then able to manipulate in such a way that you're, you're still telling the story, but because you've layered on so many different things, it's not that it's cluttered, it's that it's an effective tool for your narrative because it gives a natural connectivity to your entire story. You're going, hey, look at this thing. You want to know what it symbolizes? What if we blew it up? And now the blowing up of the thing that symbolizes this other thing is going to affect something over here that changes the idea of this person over here that then goes over here and does this thing. And it's just like such a good thing because it's like it, it takes thought. It takes the idea to layer everything to begin with and then structure your entire story around it. But that's what you're doing. You're structuring a story. This isn't random events. This isn't a recap of history. This isn't, oh, these things just kind of happen. This is a story. This is a narrative. And the narrative is supposed to be interesting. It's supposed to tell lessons, give symbolism. It's not history. It's not an organic fucking recall of a day. This is a story that you can do things with, change, plan out. It's not random events. There are stories that are, that are super good because of the randomness of that. Um, I think of Game of Thrones specifically for having characters die randomly. That was one of his, that was one of George R. R. Martin's things was that in a war, people die unexpectedly. But this is not that. This is a story. This is a story in the most organic sense you could think of. It weaves a narrative. Fuck, fuck the social commentary. It weaves the narrative within itself and it gives itself meaning, it gives itself purpose because it's structured like a story. It's not random chance. It's not things just kind of happening because they happen. Everything is purposeful. Everything in there serves more than one purpose to telling the narrative, making it interesting, and following through on the themes that it sets up. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. I loved it. And I, maybe it's just because I watched it one time and I always just love things whenever I watch them first time. But it, it, it's so prevalent in my favorite stories. It's not my favorite story. The, the song, Dance Song versus Sex is not my favorite story. It was just way better than what I, I thought it was going to be. It's like one of my favorite movies, The Whale with Brendan Fraser. His nurse is his only friend, his only real friend, talks to him in a way you wouldn't expect someone to talk to him. And then you realize that they're best friends. But then you also realize that there's more going on in the background. Because the person he left his wife for, the guy, the guy he fell in love with, was her brother. Easy. She has so much more feeling connected to Charlie. Charlie's the main character in The Whale. Than you could have experienced. Please go watch the movie. Because... The brother, spoiler alert, for the whale, kills himself 
and she's taking care of Charlie, who is the man that they fell in love with, and she acts as like a guard dog to the rest of the family. But the rest of the family is also connected to that event. So she's serving a multi-purpose role where she is an emotional beat, but she's also the only friend to Charlie. But there's some baggage there that makes her friendship to Charlie weigh so much more because there's things that have happened in the past that the viewer was not aware of before she brings it up that makes everything that has happened feel that much more because now you understand that there there's something there that most people would not be able to look past most people would not take care of the person that their family member loved or whatever after they killed themselves it was such an awesome beat but that happens in that story multiple times the whole idea of the whale refers to an essay that charlie reads throughout the story to calm himself down whenever he starts to have a heart attack it ties into how he just loves literature and the truth and honesty in writing how he's a teacher how he's an online teacher it ties into that too the whole idea of truth and being truthful with people is also a main thing in there because he he hides himself he he turns off his camera whenever he's, he works online because he's ashamed of who he is boom 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 that's like nine different things just there but i'm not done yet because the essay of the whale was written by his daughter which his his entire goal is to reconnect with his daughter because she hates him because of what happened with the family because he cheated on the mom they got divorced but charlie's also been saving up so much money to give to the kid in the event that he dies so he doesn't need to work why does he? Because he loves the storytelling. He loves the writing. He loves truth. He loves all that stuff. But he also wants to help with that the daughter. It was the daughter's essay that helps calm him down the entire time. When she's like using him to get a better grade on an essay, he just sends her the essay that she wrote so long ago. You know what I mean? There's only like four things I mentioned. The daughter, Charlie, the essay, and truth. And just with those four things, I was able to explain to you the story that uses those four things to just boom, 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 layer on top of each other in an effective storytelling method. It doesn't give you everything right at once. That's not interesting. I don't want to know everything at once. I want to see things happening and then slowly be fed pieces of information that change my perspective on people, on things, on events that happen in, in previous scenes and gives new context to interaction. That's interesting. That's fun. I'm, you're retaining my attention because when you do those kinds of things, that's what makes you go, oh my God, I need to know what happens now, which is the whole point, the whole goal of having storytelling tactics. So that's why I think layering is just such a good, such a, a good strategy tactic lesson that le I don't know how groundbreaking that is I'm sure it's not but layering is just ah chef's kiss but that's for my nerd out session of the hunger games let's look at okay so t speaking of current events and layering and all that other kind of stuff uh the the whole point of this podcast is to gather a community of readers and writers into a kind of a certain spot on the internet and kind of have another way to interact with people who love stories, who love writing, and who just want another space to go to, have a friend to go to, 
what I'm, that's what I want to be there for. And whenever I see you guys comment on the videos or TikTok or Instagram posts, I just, I get so happy because I feel like I'm affecting you guys. I feel like I'm giving something good in your day when we don't really have a lot of that to go around uh, nowadays. But one of the big things in my life that's going on right now is I'm currently working on the first book that I'm writing in my professional career as a writer. Now, I don't want to just be an author. I want to be a playwright. I want to write TV shows. I want to help with scripting and maybe work on bigger projects, help on movies, that kind of thing. But what I truly, truly want to be is a storyteller. That's it. Books seem like a really good thing to help teach me the lessons I'll need for the rest of my life. And for the ideas that I can't fit on the stage, that I can't fit on the screen, or that one day might be able to be put on the screen, that's why I want to write a book. That's why I want to write a lot of books. I have I have 10 in the chamber I'm waiting to hop on. I just need to be able to get to the point where I can support myself financially through online content, through writing, Patreon eventually once I get enough of you guys. And if you guys are willing to you know donate and support me. Uh, through my journey. One of the most impactful stories that I'm going to be writing in my entire career is going on right now, Doppler House, a doppelganger love story that is about toxic relationships, surviving trauma, but most importantly, obsession versus love, where we can think we're in love with someone, but we're actually just obsessed with them. And it's not fair to them. It's not fair to yourself. But there's also doppelgangers and it's all monsters and it's, it's a horror romance. So if that sounds unique to you, please go check out my personal channel, Victor Stories. Link is in the description. And currently, that's my main goal, is to, on my personal accounts, build up its own community, its own hype, its own uh, band of people who will pre-order, who will be my first readers, who will come out to events that I hold, come to the Discord that I want to create eventually. And it might sound all very superficial of like, oh, I need followers, blah, 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 blah. But I really just want to get my stories out to you guys. I, I And I know that there's a business in that where I can make money to support myself, making stories, getting that those books out to you guys, getting my stories out to you guys. And hopefully they're good enough for you guys to actually like. But whenever I talk about these things and I, I talk about you guys as just numbers, that's purely just to get the books in your guys' hands so I can make more of them, so I can make better books, so I can spend more time uh, getting you guys the things that I want to get to you. And I understand that you guys are real people. Like, I I can't tell you how much it hurt when Spotify rap dropped and I commented that I was in like the top 1% of Sticky Dragon listeners. I was in the top 1% of um, Bleepface listeners, Distractable, all that stuff. And I, I didn't get any recognition but it's like, they don't owe me anything because I watch their show that they make. Like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a no one to them. I don't want that to be the case with you guys. I, I want to be able to interact with you guys. I want to be able to see your reactions to the things I make, to the stories I tell, to the books I release. So it's kind of a first steps towards that reality, that world that I want to live in. This week, I'm off from work for the entire week. And because of that, I'm taking it upon myself to put in 10 hours a day for, of writing along with the online stuff and the making the videos and the clips and all that jazz, 10 hours of writing, documenting the process, documenting my process, how I go about things, how I do things as a 
new author who doesn't have any books out, who's never done this before. I'm working on my final draft before I start getting it out to publishers, trying to make a book deal, all that kind of stuff. So if that's interesting to you, I'm releasing shorts uh, over on the TikTok of my day-to-day. And then at the end of the week, I'm compiling all of them, kind of setting them into more of a long video format over on the YouTube Victor Stories. So hopefully that seems interesting to you guys because I'm very excited about it. It'll be a lot of work and I'm not going to get done uh, within the week, but my plan is to put 70 hours into it. Hopefully that's something that you guys would like to see. If it is, go check it out. Like I said, uh, 90 times already. Link is in the description for the Victor Rose Stories channel, but you can find that through the link tree. And as the weeks progress, I'm going to be discussing Doppler House more and more. I don't want this to become the Doppler House podcast. Point blank period. It's not what I want this to be. This is a place for me to promote my own work. So I will be talking about it, but it's not all I'm going to be talking about. If I talk about it, I'm talking about a tactic that I used, a way I built my character, how to plan out being a writer, starting your journey as someone who works a nine to five, as someone who doesn't know what tomorrow holds for them as far as where they live, what they get to do, who they see, balancing work relationship times, balancing seeing family when you're a writer and just taking care of yourself as a writer. Uh, I suffer from a lot of different things, uh, most notably depression and kind of pretty heavy mood swings. I should probably go to a therapist, but I I want the communication of my own personal work to be given to you guys so you guys know that, hey, I if you like listening to me talk about other people's stories, maybe you want to go see me talk about my own. Maybe. If you guys want. Um, so for, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of, as for the channel, uh, the YouTube channel, I'm going to be making it strictly long form content. So no more shorts on YouTube. I'm keeping the ones that are there. Um, but all of the shorts, the clips, all that jazz will be funneled through the TikTok. The announcements for the podcast will be on the Instagram and any long-form videos that I make here that discuss Eat the Blank page will just be Eat the Blank page. So we'll be on the YouTube. Yeah, I don't want to make too many promises for how many clips I'm going to be able to get out every week because uh, I do want them to be good clips. You know, I'm still kind of new to this whole podcast thing, but bare minimum three a week. Yeah, bare minimum three a week. So if you want more content, Go check out Victoria Stories because <laughs> I post there every day on uh, just random stuff, vibe finders, updates to the channel, updates to the book, all that stuff. So if you're really interested about that, go there, check it out. People seem to like it. That is all the time I have for today. Hopefully, you guys had a good time. Hopefully, everyone's excited for Doppler House. I'm talking about it more now, and I'm actually working on it more now because I've I have, I have more of a handle on this online content stuff than I did uh, when I started. So, I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Eat the Blank Page. My name is Victor Rowe. Goodbye. I talked way too much about Hunger Games. (laughs) 